0: Hey there, welcome back. We are digging the awesome headlines these days. Thanks for 102K. Jack's biggest win, breaking Jack Smith lines, biggest testimony yet against Trump. All right. As if you may have heard, um, he got, uh, got it so that executive privilege, now these motherfuckers, traitors cowards are um, Trying to use what's called executive privilege Yeah, this is what what I've learned from watching lots and lots of Midas touch Okay, executive privilege these motherfucking traitors are trying to use what's called executive privilege it means that uh you know it's it's for the president to be able to have a certain amount of candor you know in his dealings with other people but it doesn't mean that he can fucking try to overthrow the country or elections so, um, Jack but it's been a huge hurdle so far because it's made it so that uh all these motherfuckers are refusing to testify on January sixth about January sixth claiming executive privilege. Oh, this it's like uh but what just happened like yesterday was that was overturned by a judge. The judge said, "No, <clears throat> nice try. <laughs> no, he didn't say nice try, but no doesn't uh, doesn't apply doesn't apply ha ha. so all these and all these people Besides. are getting indicted in like top port. official Stephen Miller, fucking Mark Meadows, uh, what's his name, Cucci Cuccinelli. Chikuchi, for one. whatever. Their pores smell like corn chips. I'm
1: Ben Mycellus from the Midas ah, Touch Network, and this is a breaking news alert. Trump Another big win himself. for Special Counsel Jack Smith in his criminal investigations of Donald Trump. We are now learning that former Vice President Mike Pence will not be filing an appeal to the district court order which compelled him to testify mm. before the time. criminal grand jury in Washington, D.C. Folks, what this means is that... That in very short order former Vice President Mike Pence will be providing under oath testimony which he was previously trying to avoid before a criminal grand jury in Washington D.C. about mostly all of the information he was (laughs) privy to about Donald Trump's conduct (laughs) leading up to the January 6th insurrection. You will recall from our previous reporting that former Vice President Mike Pence had tried to object to the subpoena that he was issued by Special Counsel Jack Smith asserting what's called the speech and debate privilege essentially what former vice president Mike Pence was arguing is that because as a vice president he had a he dual a role and also was the president <coughs> of that. the Pat. Senate he argued that for all of his legitimate legislative conduct that he engaged Guess in what? as well, president of the
0: Trump is right about something else too that Pence is a pussy mm-hmm.
1: He should be shielded from having to give testimony under Article 1, Section 6, Clause 1 of the United States Constitution, which is called the Speech and Debate Clause, which protects uh, lawmakers in the House of Representatives and the Senate from having to testify on issues that involve legitimate legislative uh, activity. Uh, Judge James Bosberg, who is the new presiding judge, the new chief judge of the federal courthouse in Washington, D.C., almost in all regards overruled uh, former Vice President Mike Pence's objections. And Judge Bosberg essentially said, look... For a limited period of time where you had this ceremonial role on January 6th as President of the Senate, you could assert the speech and debate privilege for that short period of time. However, with all of the other communications you've had with Donald Trump, with all of your other observations, with everything else that took place leading up to the January 6th insurrection when you were not in that ceremonial role and also after the January 6th insurrection where you didn't have that ceremonial role where you were counting uh, the electoral votes, you have to testify before the grand jury in Washington, D.C. This is something that former Vice President Pence tried to avoid, Um, but now after losing in the district court where James Boesburg had ruled those objections that you're making on speech and debate privilege uh, are incorrect, Pence is saying I am not going to even appeal this to the DC Circuit Court of Appeals, I understand that I lost, I am going to go and testify now before the grand jury. Look, I think one of the reasons that Pence even asserted what I've always called a very frivolous objection under the speech and debate privilege of the United States Constitution was because Pence is a coward and Pence wanted cover. Pence wants to say, look, I tried to object, look all the MAGA people, I tried to object, I put up the speech and debate privilege, but a judge ordered me and so I am just following what the judge is requiring me to do. I am not going to appeal this anymore. What Pence has not learned the lesson, as most of these MAGA Republicans have not, him doing that doesn't matter. Uh, I'm sure Donald Trump is going to start attacking him again very, very soon, the same way Donald Trump attacks Bill Barr and any MAGA Republican who doesn't pledge full obedience to the MAGA Republican cult. And what you'll recall, though, it wasn't just Pence who uh, lodged these objections to his testimony before the federal criminal grand jury that special counsel Jack Smith is submitting evidence to. Donald Trump's lawyers, on behalf of Trump, they asserted executive privilege, a a different privilege assertion than Pence. So Pence asserted speech and debate (coughs) privilege, Donald Trump's lawyers asserted executive privilege, and although not specifically related to uh, former Vice President Pence, you will recall from some of our other reporting here on the Midas Touch Network that the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals had overruled Donald Trump's objections and affirmed the federal, uh, the lower federal court's ruling that executive privilege didn't apply to people like former chief of staff Mark Meadows and the former national security advisor and former social media director Dan Scavino and all of Donald Trump's former top aides. So the precedent that is created in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals means that Donald Trump will absolutely not be able to uh, successfully appeal the executive privilege claim trying to block Pence. So what this means in total is that Pence will be testifying before the criminal grand jury in Washington, D.C. Just so you understand how frivolous uh, Former for Vice President Pence's uh, speech and debate privilege claim. Was. <laughs> Let me break it down for you right now. And now let's take <laughs> a quick break to talk about our next partner, no. fastgrowingtrees.com. No. Read some life into your own backyard with fast growing trees. Plus, their plant experts are always, you know, everything will look great
0: Jesus. fresh out of the
1: box. Now join over 1.5 million. Uh, That's 15% off. except trees and felony and the breach of peace. Be breach of peace be of now and felony and the breach of peace be privileged from arrest during the Shit. attendance except trees and felony and the breach of going com Shit. slash Midas touch and now back to the video so Article 1, Section 6, Clause 1 of the United States Constitution states the following. The senators and representatives shall receive a compensation for their services to be ascertained by law and paid out of the Treasury of the United States. They shall in all cases, except treason, felony, and the breach of peace, be privileged from arrest during their attendance at the session of their respective houses and in going to and returning from the same and for any speech or debate in either house they shall not be questioned in any other place so that's the clause that former vice president mike pence relies on and there's a whole body of case law surrounding that clause and uh, one of the definitive cases is a 1970 or caused- a case called <clears throat> Gravel versus the United States. Trump it extends the doctrine what? of what constitutes legitimate legislative lie activity. Right now not just to to the lawmakers themselves, but also to their staffs, but it defines the contours of what is legitimate legislative activity, and if the conduct is legitimate legislative activity by members of the House of Representatives uh, and Senators, even if it's technically outside of the floor of the House or the floor of the Senate, they can shield their testimony under speech and debate clause. However. Legitimate legislative activity does not include crimes, it does not include exhortations, extorting, aiding and abetting criminal conduct, and it also does not include... Uh, press statements and statements made to the press. The baby court said baby. these categories fall outside of what would because we did a report on it. Lindsey Graham, an, an actual senator from South Carolina, he tried to assert speech and debate clause immunity but so failed. as to not testify before eh. the Fulton County District Attorney's uh, special grand Thank you, jury uh, that uh, was taking evidence about Donald Trump's election interference there. And ultimately what the federal court all the way up to the United States Supreme Court said is based on the precedent of Gravel versus the United States. You know any activity that was like in furtherance of the trump campaign activities and any uh, activity by lindsey graham that was exhorting or extorting or threatening uh, local lawmakers in georgia that's not subject to legitimate legislative activity uh, protection so what the argument by special counsel jack smith was with respect to former Vice President Mike Pence was the first argument is is that he's not entitled to this protection at all. Pence is not a Senator. Pence is not a member of Congress, not a member of the House of Representatives, and to the extent he has this ceremonial role, it's for that short period of time. I think Special Counsel Jack Smith wins on that alone, and then separately, Pence being used by Donald Trump to commit crimes, Pence uh, being the recipient of death threats by Donald Trump, Pence being in the room where Donald Trump conspired to overthrow our democracy, Even if you had a member of the House of Representatives or a senator involved in that, that is not legitimate legislative activity regardless. And so the new chief judge, Judge James Boesburg, also known, goes by the name Jeb Boesburg, looked at these facts and ultimately Chief Judge Boesburg said, look, for purposes of speech and debate immunity, there's a short period of time. You had the ceremonial roll on January 6th. You count the electoral votes, sure, For that period of time, you will um, get the immunity. And by the way, that makes no difference because (laughs) the key thing here is that Pence observed all of these other uh, acts by Donald Trump both before and after January Mm -hmm 6th, which he's now going to have to testify to the grand jury under oath about. So that's nice. really big. And the Judge Postberg said, that period of time, you don't have to testify. Everything else testify, um, And then Pence had the ability to appeal this all the way up to the Supreme Court. Uh, he didn't even file an appeal to the D.C. Circuit. And he goes, all right, my hands are tied. I'm testifying before the criminal grand jury now. And so that will take place in short order. So very big news. You're going to have the former vice president of the United States now providing testimony Nice. Uh, that will be very harmful uh, ha, ha, to the former ha. president, uh, Donald Trump, um, but will be very helpful for the truth, very helpful for democracy. Oh, and one other point Yay. I wanted to make about the arguments that Special Counsel Jack Smith likely made to the judge as well, because Pence wrote books about <laughs> it <and> has given <laughs> press tours about it, one way to completely get around the speech and debate clause immunity here, as I know is... Statements to the press are not legitimate legislative activity, so uh, Jack Smith could just basically say, hey, we're just going to ask him questions about what he said to the press. We want that to be under oath. So uh, Pence is saying, I'm not putting up any more fights with Jack Smith. This was important that Jack Smith was not... Uh, kind of psyched out by Pence and Pence's lawyers because that's what they tried to do. They tried to basically scare away Jack Smith, scare away Jack Smith's team into believing this was going to be a long, bloody legal battle. And Jack Smith was like, "Bring it on! I don't, I don't care.
0: Uh, we'll,
1: we'll take this all the way to the Supreme Court. You're going to lose." Based on the case law, regardless, you're going to keep on losing Mm and further disgrace yourself, or you're going to testify. And Pence Mm -hmm. tapped out and was like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to testify before the uh, grand jury. And there's a statement uh, from Mm -hmm. uh, Pence's spokesperson just confirming this. Um, It's David O'Malley who says, quote, Vice President Pence will not appeal the judge's (laughs) ruling and will comply with the subpoena as required by Law. Big news, folks, to report. Hit subscribe. We are on our nice. way to 1.5 million subscribers here on the Midas Touch Network. We were the most watched news network of all coverage regarding Donald Trump's criminal uh, arraignment. Uh, let's keep that up. Let's keep building this pro democracy community. You can check us out at slash Midas Touch. P A T R E O N dot. Okay, I'm going to put this on you, share it on YouTube.
0: Mike Pence to Criminal Grand Jury about January sixth Grand Jury. Parents is a pussy with dollar. <clears throat> okay, great. January sixth, insurrection. <coughs> I'm gonna tag the Democrats. Young Democrat, Dems, Young Dems, coming in, puppy. Go ahead, doggy. Oh, Oh, there you go. Good boy. He like waited, he didn't want to knock over my, (laughs) didn't want to knock over my stuff, so he was, he like carefully went through the, he didn't go. Democrats of America, <clears throat> Young Dems, wow this brings up a bunch of stuff, holy shit this is cool, <clears throat> Young Dems of Henderson County, North Carolina, um, Young Dems, Barbados. That's cool. There's only fifty. There. Huh. Arlington Young Dems. They only have eight subscribers. I am Young Dems fifty-four. What the fuck does that mean? One subscriber. <coughs> Some set young Dems. Will County young Dems. South Bay young Dems. One subscriber. I K Dempsey young official. Where's that? Ellis County. Where's Ellis County? Huh. Well, anyway, we're gonna go Arlington young Dems. It's Arlington, Virginia. That's in the bot bi- in the in the Bible. You no, know, no Bible belt. The what do you call it? The something belts. <coughs> And yeah, I'm tagging Young Dems basically. Turks. Oh, my Tag my Hit me up on Nice Gram. Fuck is that? My network. Hit me up on Ice Tribe of Men. Nice, Graham. Sounds weird. Okay, I'm just not gonna do that. Snots. Okay, snot. You think it's cool, but it's not. I'm gonna tag like Washington Post. Yeah. There we go. Now we're talking just uh go where all the subscribers are. Four point two eight million subscribers. Let's see what comes out Politicon, Tony Michael's podcast. Ha huh. pussy ass bitch. <laughs> <coughs> this is great. Trista, a good thinking salon and you know I'm trying something new. I'm excited cuz I think this is a good Thing to do, salon, eh? Salon guy, free salon education, salon. What about salon magazine? No. Magazine. Huh. That'd be a... CNN. Hmm. Brian Tyler Cohen? Yes. Sometimes, uh, like, if I don't know who to pick. <clears throat> I'll just go, like, through the alphabet. Who comes up on D? The Daily Show, yeah. Because it pulls up um things I've hashtagged before. Damage Reports? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. let's see Billie Eilish no End Times Production Emily D. Baker yeah I think she would dig that <coughs> F she's the one she was doing great um Tonight Show Jimmy Fallon yeah maybe they'll give me a fucking job SNL SNL Arabia <laughs> Fanny SNL. SNL TV? What about Saturday Night Live, man? Yeah, there we go. Saturday Night Live on YouTube. So, because, uh. BBC. BBC One. BBC Two babysit three you know what that is from right oops it's a taric ad now no no (laughs) um comedy central yes yes comedy dry bar comedy Comedy Corner. Comedy. Funny. No, no, no. All things comedy. Everything comedy. Comedy sport. Furry kind of. Political. I need to like subscribe to more political comedy. Don't tell comedy. Comedy Corner. Hmm. Political comedy. Politics. Who else does political comedy? Like Bill Maher. Political House. Political Times, hmm, interesting. Political Hub. Uh Who has the most subscribers to I don't know. Political Hunt. News. Next nine Political Bite has the most subscribers. So I'll just go with who has the most subscribers. Um <coughs> Well, that's clever, Chester. Do you a clever dick? Yes, I'm not. <laughs> um, anyway, billionaire hustle. No, what? I don't think so. Hell of a week forgotten story. Hmm. But I, what comes up under I think of like. I get it, LA Times. LA Times. Los Angeles Times. There we go. Politics. Politics, girl. We like politics, politics. Politics, girl. I am politics, girl. Who else would uh you know? Oh, Glenn Kirschner, Glenn Kirschner, Glenn Kirschner, yay! Glenn Julia. Who else? uh Oh yeah, how about the um 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 <clears throat> mm, mm, mm. uh talking feds Talking feds. Harry Littman. I love that dude, man. So cool. Judge Littman. Harry Littman. Is he the one here? Harry Littman. (laughs) We got eight subscribers. I'll subscribe anyway. Anyway, so, um. How about some clout chasing Trista? Like, uh. Um, what's that podcast that uh, Muller she wrote? Muller. There we go, and Daily Beans. Let me go. <laughs> Okay, so there we go, Tristan, that's pretty good. I would say copy and paste that. Yeah, I know. Select all, copy, (coughs) post, and president, uh, there we go. <laughs> nah. Yeah. Doug, uh, what's his name? Was well, Johnny Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp's friends too. He's a good comedian. Anyway, let's get back to the show. Just, uh, come on. Okay. News feeds. Looks pretty good to me. Oh, I forgot to send it to uh, Stephen Colbert's. Um, oh, yeah, they were live. My touch was live. Come on, just uh, hurry, 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 hurry. They're live right now. Life. What comes next? Trump's arrest is tip, of
2: the tip of, no the way tip of the tip of the tip of the what? Yes. With chaos. what comes next? <laughs> Aaron McDougal, um, that she that that those facts are prior bad acts and uncharged crimes, and those 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 are overly prejudicial and shouldn't come in. And so so those are the types of motions that I anticipate will be made, and the bill of particulars is something that would inform the defense of all of the facts that would be uh that that would apply that they could um make motions about now why didn't they call this a bill of particulars and why isn't it a bill of particulars they just decided to call it a statement of facts and that's what it because that's what it is and that's what they they filed um prosecutors are doing less and less are providing less and less bill of particulars. to them sitting at the defense table a- yesterday
3: crime but what happens next with the court dates the DA turning come
0: on all the way
3: trump has pled not guilty to 34 felony counts of falsifying business records in new york the financial capital of the world and yes that's a crime but what happens next with the court dates the DA turning (laughs) over records and yes that's a crime and the inevitable rollout of motion after motion by the defense to delay this trial
0: and just who is in
3: charge of the trump defense team anyway why is Boris Epstein, this year's Michael Cohen, sitting at the defense table yesterday anyway? He's already got his own problems with the feds. Then we'll talk about Trump's pile of lawsuits before the D.C. Circuit Court. Uh, where who's now forced his inner circle to testify before multiple grand juries? Uh-huh. The latest is that court of appeals rejected uh-huh. his emergency appeal. And come on down, Mark Meadows, Stephen Miller, and a parade of other Trump insiders, including national security advisors and Donald Trump. We'll tell you why, and we'll tell you what happens next. What a burn! And finally, what a cut! Republicans have to be troubled for their party's not Following Dobbs and Rickieway, a U.S. constitutional Mudfuck. right for a woman to control Girl. her own bodily autonomy with the results in the $40 million Wisconsin Supreme Court race for one open seat Sister, to tip back business shut records in New York, up. the financial capital of the world, and yes, that's a crime. <laughs> but what happens next with... Trump has pled not guilty to 34 felony counts of falsifying business records in New York, the financial capital of the world, and yes, that's a crime.
0: Nah. But what happens
3: next with court dates? The DA, this year's Michael. Trump has pled not guilty okay. to 34 felony counts
0: of falsifying business records.
3: in new york the financial capital of the world and yes that's a crime but what happens next with the court dates the d.a turning over records and witness statements to the defense and the inevitable rollout of motion after motion by the defense to delay this trial and just who is in charge of the trump defense team anyway and why is boris epstein this year's michael Trump has pled not guilty to 34 felony counts of falsifying business records in New York, the financial capital of the world, and yes, that's a crime. But what happens next with the court dates, the DA turning over records and witness statements to the defense, and the inevitable rollout of motion after motion by the defense to delay this trial? And just who is in charge of the Trump defense team anyway? And why is Boris Epstein? next with the court dates, the DA turning over records and witness statements to the defense, and the inevitable rollout of motion after motion by the defense to delay this trial. And just who is in charge of the Trump defense team anyway? Uh, Why is Boris Epstein, this year's Michael Cohen, sitting at the defense table yesterday uh, anyway? He's already got his own problems with the feds. Then we'll talk about Trump's pile of losses (laughs) before the D.C. Circuit Court. Uh, where who's now forced his inner circle to testify before multiple grand juries. The latest is that Court of Appeals rejected his emergency <clears throat> appeal. And come on down, Mark Meadows, Stephen Miller, and a parade of other Trump insiders, including national security advisors of Donald Trump, will tell you my, uh, why and will tell you what happens next. And finally... Republicans have to be troubled for their party's national fortunes, following Dobbs and ripping away what had been a U.S. constitutional right for a woman to control her own bodily autonomy. With the results in the $40 million Wisconsin Supreme Court race for one open seat to tip the balance of power, liberal or MAGA, the liberals grabbed it. And what does that mean for abortion rights and new electoral maps in Wisconsin and the nation for the next two years? You know what happened, but find out what happens next on the midweek edition of Legal AF with Michael Popock. Yeah, that's Karen complicated. Friedman, what the fuck? Karen, going watching on. you on all the news, financial capital of the world, and yes, that's a crime. But what happens next with the court dates, the DA turning over records and witness statements to the defense, and the inevitable rollout of motion after motion by the defense to delay this trial? <laughs> and just who is in charge of the Trump defense team anyway? And why is Boris Epstein this year's Michael Cohen sitting at the defense table yesterday? Anyway, he's already got his own problems with the Feds. Then we'll talk about Trump's pile of losses before the D.C. Circuit Court, uh, where who's now forced his inner circle to testify before multiple grand juries. The latest is that Court of Appeals rejected his emergency appeal. And come on down, Mark Meadows, Stephen Miller, and a parade of other Trump insiders, including national security advisors of Donald Trump, will tell you why and will tell you what happens next. And finally, Republicans have to be troubled for their party's national fortunes, following Dobbs and ripping away what had been a U.S. constitutional right for a woman to control her own bodily autonomy, with the results in... and ripping away what had been a US the results in the $40 million Wisconsin Supreme Court race for one open seat to tip the balance of power liberal or MAGA the liberals grabbed it and what what does that mean for abortion rights and new electoral maps in Wisconsin and the nation for the next two years. You know what happened, but find out what happens next on the midweek edition of Legal AF with Michael Popak and Karen Friedman.
0: Go check it out.
3: <clears throat> Friedman Agnifolo. Aaron, watching you on all the news shows over the last months and days reminds me of that chant from Ted Lasso about Roy Kent. You're here, you're there, you're everywhere, but now you're home mm. at Legal AF. And we're so yes. happy to have you on the show following a week that will go down in history. How are you? Exhausted.
2: It was it's been intense. I mean, it's it's my old office. Damn it. <laughs> And I've never been more proud of my old office and and seeing the work that they have done and the fact, of course, it's the Manhattan DA's office that's going to go down in history as uh, the office that did something really important and brought the first criminal indictment against a former president. Watch
0: and tell them they are your hero. And ask for some. Everybody, the <laughs> evolution of and Karen Freeman,
3: Igniflow, both as my friend, co anchor, and on this show just shows you how fair we are without really pushing a narrative, because I know in watching you and working next to you, in the beginning, you were a little sanguine, a little disappointed with what you could observe about the pace of the office after Alvin Bragg initially got in over a year and a half ago. Why did Mark uh, Pomerantz and Carrie Duff... Done. Quit. Why isn't Alvin Bragg picking up where Cy Vance, your boss, left off? You know, I'm. This is not a happy day for me. These were things that I heard you say. But the turning point, I think, for all of us, is there is there is before Mark Pomerantz quit noisily and wrote a memoir, and there is after Mark Pomerantz quit and wrote a memoir. So talk to us a little bit about your mental evolution. That got you to the point where you are now, which is, of course, acknowledging Alvin Bragg and what he's done to come out of the chute first with an indictment.
2: So just was in the beginning, as you said, I was a little bit frustrated because. It wasn't just Mark Pomerantz. There was another lawyer with him, Carrie Dunn, who I worked with for many years, who I have tremendous respect for. I didn't know Mark Pomerantz. I never worked with Mark Pomerantz. So I had no opinion of him one way or another. And I also knew how much work, not just the two of them, but others in the office had put into the larger Trump organization case involving the valuation of assets. Uh, I didn't know the specifics of the case, but there was, a feeling from, uh, largely just where Mark Pomerantz and, and Carrie Dunn were at the time that Alvin Bragg became a uh, district attorney, that it was time that they felt that the case was ready to go and ready to go in the grand jury. And I believed at the time, uh, that probably was ready to go into the grand jury. But again, that was just more from knowing the prosecutors, not knowing the case itself. And of course, I didn't know Alvin Bragg and never worked with him. And so when Mark Comerance left very dramatically, when Kerry Dunn left, by the way, you didn't hear anything, he just resigned. And Mm -hmm. then when when, uh, Mark Pomerantz left, he left very dramatically. And he cast a lot of aspersions on the office, on Alvin Bragg, on the ADAs who were there. And it made many people say that they were somewhat concerned and concerned about the office, concerned about uh, DA Bragg. and, And he said several, Mr. Pomerantz said several things that again, made several people worried is is the best way of putting it, I suppose. And so I was disappointed. I was disappointed because I had thought that perhaps the office had lost some of its gravitas and that Alvin Bragg wasn't uh, the prosecutor that we had hoped he was when he was elected DA. Since then, and that was just a gut reaction, right? It was no, I had no information other than his leaked, uh, his leaked resignation letter and, 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 news articles and news reporting since then. However, so much information has come to light about who Mark Pomerance is his judgment. Uh, and frankly, the fact that Alvin Bragg has really remained steadfast, uh, throughout this time that the case and cases were still open. He was still investigating them, and he wanted. He just. It was more that he wasn't ready to go forward. Two months or, or into his brand new tenure as Manhattan DA, he wanted a little more time, and uh, and Mr. Pomerantz wouldn't give it to him. And so, rather than allowing the the um, allowing the DA to get his his sea legs a little bit and understand the case and perhaps uh, make his own decision, which is what Cy Vance allowed him to do by not bringing the case purposely, he turned it over to, 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 um, to Alvin Bragg to evaluate it for himself. And Carrie Dunn and uh, and Mark Pomerantz resigned. Uh, and Mark Pomerantz clearly didn't want to wait and clearly thought his judgment was more appropriate and better than the elected district attorney so since then as i said alvin bragg has continued to investigate the cases he has patiently said without raising his voice without being dramatic without talking inappropriately about facts that we are all desperate to hear. He just kept putting his head down and doing the work and saying, the cases are open, the cases are open, There's still open investigations. And since then, he was also handed a a case involving the Trump Organization involving 17 counts that that was already an indictment. And he, he staffed that with his lawyers and he got a conviction, 17 count conviction against the Trump Organization. And then he turned to the case that was indicted this week involving the first time Donald Trump engaged in a conspiracy to interfere with an election, that being the election of 2016. And he turned his attention to that case. He thought he had developed enough evidence to prove that case beyond a reasonable doubt. And in addition, that case uh, was about to, the statute of limitations was going to run. So it was now or never on that case. And that's where we are today. And I just, he, he Actually, my, my opinion has changed because he's done what every prosecutor should do, which is put your head down, do the work, actions speak louder than words, not write a tell-all book, and, you know, just really, he's done a great job.
3: Yeah, I think that's, that's a great understanding of you with your insider knowledge, but observing the office from the outside and how you've evolved and, and, and reached the point where you are, which is obviously very proud of the office and all the line prosecutors and career prosecutors, most of which you worked with and they worked under you when you were the number two, who are now um, the ones that are getting the indictment from the grand jury that are going to try the case. Um, Probably not Alvin Bragg, Mm -hmm. but somebody very senior there that's going to develop and work up the case moving forward from indictment. Before we get to some of the nitty gritty of What is a statement of facts? How is that different from the indictment? Are they the same? Are they both charging documents? And what do they say in the statement of facts that are important to the world to know what the actual charges are? Let me talk first, let me switch to the other side of the table and go to the defense because there's been a change in the defense team for Donald Trump just 48 hours before he entered the courtroom yesterday for his arraignment. And if we can put up Salty, that photo, leave it up there for a moment because I'm going to talk about, um, this looks like a terrible version of the Last Supper. This is, uh, uh, I'm going to start from the far right forward and end up at the first chair, closest to that, uh, that uh, uh, deputy for the uh, courtroom. On the far right, in a three-piece suit, the balding gentleman is Boris Epstein. Boris Epstein is effectively the for my for Donald Trump now. Um, He stepped into the shoes that were once worn by Michael Cohen. He He's being investigated by the feds, by Jack Smith. His phone has been seized by Jack Smith and all the content taken off of it. He's already lost an argument about attorney-client privilege related to that. Um, And they're looking at him related to everything from the fake elector scheme and putting that together all the way through Mar-a-Lago and everything in between. The other reason he's in the room but but it but not a trial lawyer.
0: Message from my Touch. I'm tweeting this. Um, I uh, I just bought. I just made a message. I mean, uh, just made a uh, super chat. It's called Midas Network uh, Five dollar. They were not much touch. Whoa, what the hell was that noise? Public media. Just uh you don't need to send any the cards. Young Dumps Women's March. Democratic coalition building, Trista. Don't fucking be such a drag and a hag and a nag. I'm not nagging, I'm just make, you know bringing up a suggestion. But no, take your time. Guardian opinion. Um, lock up Trader Trump. Trader TV. Um, Citizens for Ethics. Popping up um, Michael Cohen, uh, Marcellus, my search podcast, Glenn Kirshner. Basically, all the people I want on my legal team. Popak, He he follows me on Twitter, so I tweeted that. Or he, he liked my comments, and <clears throat> I thanked him for his service. Okay, breaking. New York Times. Politico. Come on, just to hurry up. Hurry up. HuffPost, post, maybe. Maybe they fucking wrong, but Mother Jones and Rolling Stone. Mother Jones and Rolling Stone. The cool publications. Ooh, should I delete? Maybe not. AOC is so necessary. Mm, Arizona Public Media? Nah. Never fucking publish anything I do. Everything I took, Copy and tweet. There we go. Okay. And I'm going to. I, I may have copied that tweet because it had some good um, tags in it. So I don't have to redo it. And I text that to myself. I'm telling you my secrets, so it's all for free, man. So, you know, I worked hard for this 102k. And uh, thanks for that, by the way. Let's get back to the show. Come on, hurry up. Just uh,
3: a lawyer, but sitting, sitting there on the other side of Joe Tacopina, is that he brought to the table the new defense lawyer, uh, Todd Blanche. Let's put the photo back up. Todd Blanche is sitting in chair number one, looking up at the guard. Susan Necklace is next to him. Susan Necklace is the defense lawyer who tried and lost the case against the Manhattan DA on behalf of the two major Trump Organization um, entities for 17 counts of felony tax evasion and books and records uh, fraud, which is a similar count to what's found here. So yes, you can indict an entity or a person for fraud related to books and records. And yes, you can get a conviction in the state of New York in front of a jury, a unanimous conviction, because it happened 17 times. That's Susan Necklace, but we call in the business Who's who's in the first chair? That's the lead trial lawyer. And and Todd Blanche, who li- literally left his million dollar law firm practice, because they didn't want him to represent Trump, to go on his own three days ago to represent him. He's in he's in chair one. Susan Chuck Necklace is in chair two. Donald Trump there looking forlorn slash angry <laughs> slash confused <laughs> is in chair three. And then babysitting him and being given what effectively is a coloring book and crayons is Joe Tacopino. He's, he's been charged with sitting on and babysitting Donald Trump. That's why he's on the far end of the table next to Boris Epstein, who thinks he's the mastermind of this whole legal team that's there. So that's the change. I think we're going to see a lot more of Todd Blanch. He spoke the most. Uh, that's what the reporting is in the courtroom in front of Judge Rashan. I think he's the new lead trial lawyer, assisted by um uh, susan necklace and then on down the road joe takabina i think he's still there to be on like i said to color in a coloring book and to go on television and try to do trial balloons of defenses and ideas and concepts um i don't know if if uh, you've ever had the opportunity uh, to be against um todd blanche i know you know susan necklace well what about todd what do you know about him
2: karen So Todd was the lawyer that was brought in when when we brought a prosecution against Paul Manafort, if you recall. He was prosecuted federally, and he was uh, pardoned by Donald Trump. And Cy Vance brought charges against him that were similar, but not exactly the same as the charges for which he was pardoned. And Todd Blanche came into that case, and he successfully legally uh, litigated that case and got it dismissed on double jeopardy grounds. So I'm sure that is why he was brought on to the legal team, because he successfully beat a case uh, against the Manhattan DA's office on legal as opposed to factual grounds. So I think that's that, that's my guess to why, why they brought him in. Yeah, just
3: for our Legal AF law students, um, the double jeopardy is you can't be tried twice for the same crime. even though one was federal and, and um, he got, uh, there was a conviction and then a pardon. The real estate loan issue that was a fraud that was being brought by Cy Vance, Karen's old boss, lined up so similarly in terms of the nucleus of facts, the supporting facts. That the appellate court in New York found that in that case it was effectively being tried for the same case, uh, same crime twice. Some people might be saying, "Why was Bannon then who got pardoned? Why was why is there a state prosecution of him about build the wall?" And that's because the facts are different, the indictment is different. It's not a double jeopardy, even though Bannon tried to raise that issue as
2: well. Um, and Paul Manafort, so, Paul Manafort yeah. was the chairman of Donald Trump's twenty sixteen campaign. So, just for people who don't know yes. who, who it was, he, he's a Republican strategist, and and you know he's he's definitely in, was in Trump's inner circle.
3: As we move into the information, the um, statement of facts, and the and the indictment, the supporting statement of facts and the indictment, and we get into the 34 counts. The real meat of the thing, the thing that everybody's reporting on, is the, is the 20 or 30 or so paragraphs of detail in the statement of facts. Explain for the audience, um, and for me, <laughs> the, the the difference between the statement of facts and the actual charging document of the indictment. What's the purpose of the statement of facts? Is its it, is it uh, seen as as a just a part of the indictment, is it a separate document what, is, what does the defense shoot at when it moves to dismiss? Is it the whole thing? why don't you explain that to everybody
2: okay, so when a person is indicted by the grand jury the an indictment is generated, and an indictment is a document that has the charges that you are being charged with, and it says you know the grand jury in the county of New York charges you with. X, Y, and Z. And here there were thirty four counts. And the indictment that you see there involving the falsification of business records is very common it's very common or I should say it's 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 it that's what an indictment looks like. Uh, that's very illustrative of what a, of what an actual indictment would look like. It's it we call it bare bones, and that's how they're all written. There's nothing special or not special about it. It's 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 the defendant in the county of New York, on or about X date, uh, committed the crime of. Falsification of business records in, in the first degree. Um, it's, you know, it's just very simple. It's the legal language, and then it says, you know, by writing a check or something like that. It's 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 just the most bare bones notification of what the charge is and and what the theory is. So some are checks, some are invoices, etc. And uh, there is a slight exception. Um, to a bare-bones indictment, and that involves certain charges uh, that inv- that have a story component to the charge. And that's so, so one of those types of charges is conspiracy. Conspiracy is the crime of, of two or more people agreeing to commit a crime together, and then they take steps to accomplish that crime, and those are called overt acts. And those Conspiracy indictments. When conspiracy is charged, there's a couple other char- there's a couple other crimes that are like that. One is an organized crime or RICO, is a talking or speaking indictment. There's a couple other um, charges that would, would give lots of facts, but conspiracy is the main one. And and several people had speculated, will conspiracy be in this indictment? Just so that Alvin Bragg has an opportunity to give more detail and to talk about the entire factual basis of the case. And so, for example, if he had charged conspiracy, it would say uh, the defendant, along with unindicted co-conspirator lawyer number one and unindicted co-conspirator CEO of of a media company number two, uh, agreed from the beginning of the election to the well into his presidency to catch and kill stories, you know, have a scheme to catch and kill stories to try and influence the election. And, and it would have sort of overall language